gentlemen. Through the skies above. Welcome to another dad battle. Now is anybody, and I mean anybody at all, willing to face our champion? Nope. Turn up. That's it. Mark, you turn up, please. Thanks. <laughs> Gentlemen, my son joined the golf team at school, so I bought him an extra pair of socks in case he gets a hole in one. Hole in one. His dad jokes are so effortless. See that? That's why he's the champ. That's nothing. The other day, my daughter said a good Christian dad would buy her a car. So I said, well, a good Christian kid would walk. Because that's what Jesus did. Fathers! Listen up, son. Just because God picked your nose doesn't mean you should. When you start paying the bills, you can make some of the rules. Come on! Yeah. Hold up! Who touched the thermostat? Yeah! That lawn isn't gonna mow itself. Let me stop what I'm doing and fix your boredom. Hi, Hungry. I'm Dad. I love the smell of Home Depot in the morning. Oh, yeah. 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 Just wait till your mother gets home! Yeah. Oh. What? Pull my finger. Nah. Just rub some dirt on it. Proud of you. You can do hard things. I love you, no matter what. When God made you, He made something very special. Proudest day of my life is the day you made me a father. I thank God for you every time I get on my knees and pray. And again, who gives this woman? No. Oh, you look at me. You look at me. Who gives this woman to be married to this man? Her mother and I do.
Happy Father's Day, all the fathers in the house. I, uh, I have uh, four girls in my life. My wife, Andrea, uh, my adopted daughter by choice, Christy, uh, which is one of our pastor's wives, Christine Adam Zulum, and then Kaylee, who's 24, and Megan, who's 20. Um, words really matter. It was uh, 5.30 this morning, and my phone pinged, and a text came through on my phone. And I want to read it to you as we start this evening. Hopefully, you'll be encouraged with where we go this evening. Help Father's Day. It said, this morning as I was thinking about Father's Day, I thought of you. <clears throat> I've never known what a loving father looked like until I met you. You showed me what a father's heart is supposed to look like. You saw me as a daughter with worth and value, even with my flaws. You, you believed in me and helped me to believe that God saw me this way as his daughter too. Thank you for the love and the kindness that you've always given to me. Happy Father's Day, Dad, Christy. Um, words really matter. I want to say thank you to some men, first of all, that helped put today together. That's uh, Adam Zolan, Bill Davis, Casey Lindy, and Bob Gardner. Kind of sat down as we thought through this process and looked at what would it look like to pause in the midst of the Holy Spirit series and talk about Father's Day in that sense. Today is Father's Day, um, but really, every day can be Father's Day, to be honest. If we understood or stopped and paused and thought about who the Father is and how much He loves us and what He constantly says about us and to us, every day could be a day where life is constantly spoken into us as a person. I think one of the elements that makes a Father's Day really special is the opportunity of looking back on and remembering how faithful or encouraging or supportive of a father or someone fulfilling a father's role can be in someone's life, can be in my life, and can be in your life. Some of the things that that happens are our words that are spoken over us and spoken to us make a huge, huge difference in a lot of people's lives. I think when it's all said and done, words matter more than we could ever realize. I know that's been true for me over the years. It was, um, it was the day I graduated from the Royal Navy, Royal Navy Engineering Academy in Portsmouth, England years ago. Um, I remember my mom and Andrea being there and meeting me as I came off the parade ground all dressed up in my blues and whites and blue hat and all, all that sort of stuff, the military pomp and ceremony stuff. I remember as they met me, I remember as my mom met me, she said, I'm, I'm so proud of you, son, was my mom's words to me. And, th and they were. And of course, Andrea is the best. She's always been my greatest cheerleader, and she was there to encourage me and support me. But on that day, I just wanted to hear my dad tell me how proud he was of me, that he couldn't. <clears throat> He'd passed away during my training before I'd graduated, and so my mom was there, Andrea was there, and my dad had passed away, and we had buried him, and all that sort of took place. A father's words, I think, are some of the most powerful, influential, impacting words we ever hear in, in our life. In fact, I would say a father's words can transform the hardest situation, seemingly make lemonade out of lemons, as it were. I know for me it has, especially when those words are repeated back to you or implemented in someone else's life, and you hear them kind of ricocheting in the hallways of, of life, as it were. Um, I received this text from Megan, who's my youngest daughter, who's 20, turns 21 in, in uh, September, Kaylee turns 25 in July. Um, I received these, this text from Megan a few days ago from her youth camp for her church in Phoenix, Arizona. She went from being a youth to being a youth leader, and she didn't sleep for three days, and she called me freaking out. And I'm like, welcome to youth ministry. 
Uh, so just drink lots of Red Bull, lots of coffee and all that stuff. You'll be fine in a week. But she sent me these, this text and I asked her permission to read it today. I'm really lucky to have you, Dad. <laughs> Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for showing me continual love and support. The unconditional love you've always shown me, I've been able to show these girls at camp. Thank you. If I could only be that way every day, if I could only be on every day, and I'm not, I make mistakes all the time. I, you know, it, I was sharing this morning, what tends to happen is I, I might be wearing a white shirt, but I'll find the small black dot for you and point it out. And Andrea said, yeah, but you got a white shirt. I said, no, 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 no. But there's a black dot right there. She said, yeah, but you got a really nice white shirt. No, no, no. But there's a black dot right there. And I tend to find the flaws where other people tend to look for the positives. I think the whole idea of words is that our kids and the people we influence would pick up habits from us. I think that's what we want to happen in people's lives. I get the privilege tomorrow to drive up to Pineview. I hope it's not raining. I hope we have some sunshine. Please, Jesus. But I get to drive up to Pineview tomorrow morning about 11 o'clock and baptize Thomas Bybee. Tom contacted me and said, Rob, would you come up to Pineview? I don't want to do the, the hot tub in the church with bubbles and all that sort of stuff. I want to do it in real water where it's really cold and all that sort of stuff wakes you up. And I said, but I don't. Like, I mean, I love your heart, but I don't. Like, I want to be in a hot tub. I want to, if we're going to go to Pineview tomorrow, we're going to get baptized. But the thing that caught my attention is he said, Rob, I, I just, he wanted to do it a few weeks ago. He said, but my wife was homesick. I want my wife and my kids to be there to see me get baptized. I said, Thomas, for that, I'll go to the top of the mountain with you and get in an ice lake if we have to. If the heartbeat is your wife and your children could watch you Take some words and make them become a part of your life. I'll do whatever it takes to be with you to see that happen. I'd love to share a few words tonight just with you about who the father of fathers is. Um, some words that he shared with one of his kids and how these words literally transformed his life and how his words, I think, could literally do the same in our life if we were to embrace them in the same way that he did in reference to what's spoken over his life. It's a story where... One of the most well-known names of God literally comes into being. It's when it becomes crescendo. It's when it gets magnified. And all of a sudden, it's one of those names that stands out when people talk about the names of God. The name I'm talking about is Jehovah Jireh. Is God is my provider. He's our provider of everything, not just money, but provisions of actually everything. Holistically, he wants to be your and I's provider of everything. And so the story is kind of where that name kind of comes into its own in one sense. It's found in Genesis 22. It's 1 through 19. I'm going to give you a quick snapshot of it. It's Abraham and Isaac. It's God comes to Abraham and says, I want you to take your only son, and I want you to go to the region of Moriah, and I'll show you the mountain. I want you to sacrifice your son there. So Abraham knows all about it before he starts the journey. So he goes off to heading off to the region of Moriah with some, some servants and his son, and they get there. About three days, and all of a sudden, they realize they've arrived where God wants them to be. And so Abraham realizes they're there, Gets to this point. On the third day, it says, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship there and they when we will come back to you. Pause for a second. Pause for a second. Abraham had no clue, absolutely no clue what God was going to do, but he had put his faith in simply that God is his Jehovah Jireh provider. And he gets to talk about it in a few minutes in the story. 
Abraham placed his faith simply in the words of God spoken over his life. A father's words speaking over his son, as it were, that his son trusted his father's words more than the circumstance. Because looking around, there's two servants. There's Abraham, there's some fire, there's some wood, and there's a mountain to climb, and then there's his son. And it says that Abraham says, stay here. There's that Siri girl again talking to me. Where'd my phone go? No, stop. So all of a sudden, Abraham heads off with his son and heads up the mountain. They arrive at the top of the mountain. And all of a sudden, Abraham's there. He's got fire. He's got wood. He's got his son. He picks his son up. I mean, think about it. It's the promise in his hands. Abraham is holding his promise in his hands. And he lays him on an altar, and he picks a knife up, and he's willing to drop the knife to take his son's life. And the angel of the Lord stops him and says, you're willing to give everything back to me, not to withhold your only son, as it were. And so Abraham walks out this idea of a father's words being transformative in someone's life. Crazy story, right? And it says that there was a ram. And I love this. Some theologians make this up. I think it's the clearest thing in the world. So Abraham and Isaac are moving up one side of the mountain, and there's a ram coming up the other side. But Abraham can't see the ram, and the ram can't see Abraham. I don't know what noise rams make. I think this is a sheep. Bah! I think that's a sheep thing. But think about it. There's a ram coming up one side. He has no clue why he's climbing the mountain. And Abraham's coming up there with his son, and he has no clue where the sacrifice is, but he says God will provide one. They get to the top, and all of a sudden, as Abraham's about to take his son's life, God stops him. There's a ram. He takes a ram, makes a sacrifice, does everything that has to happen. So it's either a crazy story, right? Or it's a simple, incredible, powerful picture of the power of trust and faith at the highest of levels when it comes to the words of a father. You see, I think if we understood who we were actually talking about, Pastor Crystal, I mean, you could hear her stirring our hearts. Like, do you know who we're singing about? Do you know who it is that literally is asking us to, to press into him and to be refreshed by him in the midst of all the things going wrong in a day? There's refreshing in his presence. His words draw us closer and so often everything else distracts us from being with him. You see, I think if we understood who we were actually talking about, it would change everything. Try this on for size, alongside the story of Abraham and Isaac and the sacrifice. It's found in Romans 8.28 and it says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So Abraham and Isaac's situation, Abraham's situation with his son had this promise in one sense attached to it, that God takes every situation and he works it for his good even when we can't see the situation simply based upon his words. There's three things I'd love to leave with you today, just to think about for a little bit for you. Three things that I think maybe are essential to help with the level of trust and faith to function at that level of simply responding to a father's words and that being enough. Not 15 things, not a whole bunch of checks in the boxes. I think in the modern 21st century, we want God to prove everything and give everything first and then we'll trust him. And yet we'll get to in a minute, it says it's impossible to please God without faith. So sometimes God says something and he asks us to respond and our simple response is to what he said, not what we see. Sometimes our response is simply to his words echoing in our heart rather than us getting what we think we should get or what we want, but we do it simply because he said so. Three things I'd love you to know is this. One, we need to know the name of the person that we're talking to and the power that exists in his name. This is where his name comes into its own, is magnified, the Jehovah Jireh concept. 
is he's my provider of everything. He's our resource for everything in every situation, in every circumstance. In Abraham's situation, it was a, simply a ram he needed. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what your circumstances. I just know that God wants to provide for you in a powerful life, transforming way. Second thing is this. I think we need to know the character of the person that we're choosing to place our trust in. In God's situation, it was flawless and it was spotless. It didn't have a black dot on the white shirt. He just had a white shirt that was white. There was no flaws. And thirdly is this. We should check his track record. Dad's check track record is flawless. He's never, ever made a mistake. So if you know the person's name, you know their character, and you know their track record, and you check all those boxes and say they're good enough to do, then what do you and I do when it comes to a place of maybe God asking us to function and filter things a little bit like Abraham? Well, then you go crazy, and you pray a simple but literally life-transforming prayer like this. It's called the prayer of abandonment. Let me pray it for you, and let me just share it with you this evening. It goes something like this. My father, I abandon myself to you, Abraham did. Make of me what you will. Do with me and my son, however you see fit as it were. Whatever you make of me, I thank you. I am ready for everything, even if you take my son from me, Abraham would say. I accept everything. Provide that your will be done in me. In all creatures, I desire nothing else, Lord. I put my soul in your hands. I give it to you, Lord, with all the love in my heart because I love you and because it is for me a need of love to give myself. To put myself in your hands unreservedly with infinite trust for you and my Father and I trust you with all things. I wonder how simple it would have been for maybe Abraham to have a bunch of questions. I guess, though, maybe Abraham may have thought or prayed something like this as he moved up the mountain to the place of absolute faith and absolute trust and understanding. What was it, the song? You never stop. I mean, Carly was taking us back and back and back and back. You never stop, you never stop, you never stop, you never stop. I could hear Carly's cry to us. Hey, this is what he's all about. He never stops pressing. He's never not available. He's never not there. He's never not looking forward to answer. He's never not, he's never not. He's always available to us when we pause and sit in his presence. See, the father of fathers knows best. Why can we trust God with everything? Because he's given us everything. He didn't even withhold anything from us, least of all his son, Jesus. So because of that understanding, I wonder if we could treat every day like it's Father's Day and thank God for his continual provision. I don't know what your circumstances. I just know this. There is a God who desires to provide for you in the midst of everything you're going through. It may not fix the situation because it didn't fix the situation at the bottom of the hell for Abraham and Isaac, but it did fix it at the top. So all the way from the bottom to the top, Abraham is interacting with and processing all these thoughts. I've got fire in my hand. I've got wood in my hand. I've got my son with me. And God asked me to go sacrifice. And there's only one sacrifice that's available. That's this boy. But I know that 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 God is faithful in every instant and situation that he asked me and you to step into. How powerful are the Father of Father's words and actions, well, you tell me this, if he's worth trusting. Philippians 4.19 says this, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches. 
which have been given to you in Christ Jesus. This same God will come and engage with you and I in every situation, every circumstance, and walk us through the situation, walk us through the circumstance. It may not fix it instantaneously, but there's a process that so often God walks us through so we can be close to him. I, I, I hear people say this, and I, they've said it. I don't think they've meant it. And maybe I should give them some grace. I don't think God ever makes us sick. I just think he shows up in the midst of our sicknesses. I don't think he ever gives people sickness personally. But I do think he shows up in the midst of our sicknesses, that he draws close to us and he wants to be our Jehovah Jireh, our provider in the midst of all of the circumstances. One of my favorite verses, which I think Andrea will put in my coffee can when I go to be with Jesus and she burns me and puts me in a coffee can and pours me in a golf course somewhere else in that sense, is John 3.16, but in the Passion Version it says this, for here is the way God loved the world. He gave his only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but will experience everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but to be its savior and to rescue it. To be its sacrifice, because Abraham and Isaac is a foretell of what Jesus did for us. See, Abraham got his son back before he had to die. The Lord didn't. The God the Father gave his son and his son was sacrificed and did die and did rise from the dead that we would be free and that we would have access to the ultimate gift of sacrifice that he did for you and I. I wonder, I wonder if Isaac reflected back on the moment of absolute trust and mind-blowing faith that his dad had modeled for him that day on the mountain. I wonder if, if Isaac, as he grew, went, And dad was willing. I wonder if he constantly processed that experience and conversation the rest of his life and the decisions that he made were impacted by him watching his father lead by example. I wonder what effect it had on his motivations and decisions as he grew up. Why? Why is learning to trust and follow our dad's words and ways so essential? Why was it essential for Abraham to learn to trust God's ways and God's words? Because he would need it as he journeyed forward into everything else. He would walk out for the Father. He needed to know that experience of, here's what God said. Here's where God pointed me. And I was willing to go there. Maybe it's this simple. That so our kids and our families can learn to trust and follow our words and our ways. Because maybe that's what our kids are asking us for. Now, these aren't your kids in a second. But they are his kids. And all the men in the room, whether you're a father or not, I would challenge you to watch this. Because I think these guys are trying to talk to us. When you're ready, guys, thank you so much. Dad. Dad. Hey, Dad. I want to be rich and good looking. I want to be rich and good looking. I need you to challenge me. 
I'll need you to challenge me to be rich in good works. To be rich in good works. I'll be focused on building my career at all costs. I'll need you to show me how to put my family ahead of work. I'll seek my own comfort and joy. I'll seek my own comfort and joy. I'll need you to teach me to honor God. I'll need you to teach me to honor God with my time and resources. I'll want to avoid hard conversations. I'll want to avoid hard conversations. I'll need you to show me how to speak the truth. In love. In love. I'll find myself wanting to please the crowd. I'll find myself wanting to please the crowd. I'll need you to remind me that I should obey God. That I should obey God. I'll look for happiness in many different places. I'll need you to show me that joy is found in following Christ. I'll want to treat girls how the world tells me to. I'll need you to show me how to honor them with all my actions. I'll find myself stuck in bad habits. I'll need you to show me the way out. I'll need you to show me the way out. I'll need you, Dad. I'll need you, Dad. I need you, Dad. I need you, Dad. To point me toward Christ when no one else will. To point me to Christ when no one else will. I submit this next two and a half minutes to Pastor Crystal because she's the pastor here. I'm the overall pastor, but Pastor Crystal's the pastor here. And so I don't mean this to be offensive. I really don't. I'm not trying to be sexist at all. And I love my wife, Andrea. But those kids weren't asking for Andrea. They were asking for me. They weren't going, Mommy, 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 Mommy. They were going, Daddy, 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 Daddy. Daddy, Daddy, please show me how to follow Jesus. Please show me how to honor God. Daddy, please model for me as Abraham did for Isaac. Please, Daddy, not just by words, but by your actions and your lifestyle, model for me a pathway that I can choose to follow. I was chatting with Kaylee at lunchtime today. She's flying back to Boston right now. And we're chatting at the house, and, and she said, Dad, I... Just want to say thank you. Thank you. I said, what for, Kaylee? I said, you want me to show you the black dot on the white shirt? Because <laughs> I can find it really easy. She said, yeah, you probably could, Dad. But, but thank you for loving my mom unconditionally the way you have. Thank you for modeling for me what it will look like when some guy comes into my life. Thank you, Dad, for allowing me to watch how you talk to mom and how you interact with mom and how you engage with Th Thank you. Thank, thank you for allowing me to see behind the curtain that when you failed, you tried really hard to put it right. That when you failed with me and Megan and you made mistakes and all the black dots, all of a sudden, it, it all appeared all over the place and it was a really bad day or a really bad week or a really bad moment that you find ways to try and start all over again because Jesus says his mercies are new every morning. One of the things I would encourage us, man, and, and ladies, sorry to leave you out today because it is Father's Day. But man, insulate, yes. But please, for God's sake, don't isolate. Insulate, absolutely. Watch what you watch. 
Watch what gets to put into your life. Watch what's deposited in your life. You absolutely insulate yourself against the poisons that our culture is constantly trying to pour out. But please, for God's sake, don't isolate. Don't isolate yourself off as the dude guy. I'll do it my way. That's a Frank Sinatra song, right? I did it my way. Oh, whoop-de-doo. I mean, great. God never designed us to do it my way. He actually designed us to do it his way. What does that look like, guys? Young, single guys, non-married, middle-aged, college student, whatever you are. Find a way to discover how to allow God's words to become so sensitive to your spirit now before you ever get involved in a relationship that when you do get involved in a relationship, the voice that still rings clear in your head is like Abraham did in the midst of the most dire circumstance. Go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice your son there. And Abraham went, and this is the Irish version, Lord, simply because you said, I will. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't see the answer. But simply because you said to go, I'll go and I'll offer up the one and only gift, the, 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 the promise that's alive in my very hands. I'll offer it up simply because you said so. Abraham understood what it was to hear from Jesus. And I would encourage us today is, man, please insulate, but don't isolate. Don't ever let the world convince us we're called to do this alone. How do we not isolate ourselves? Just be around other guys. There's bomb training, martial arts, and Bible studies. You get bruised on the inside, bruised on the outside. I mean, like, there's a guy at church this morning. He said, you want to see my bruises? I was like, put your shirt down. I don't want to see that. He had bruises all over the place, and yet he had a wonderful time. Or, or, or men discussion groups, Friday mornings, Saturday mornings, or man camp. Allow yourself to be around other guys who would encourage you in the things of the faith. Worship nights that church offers, allow yourself. You don't have to, I mean, was it Carly said, worship however you want to. I love the, Carly, I love the freedom that our worship team gives us. Not copy everybody, just do what's right for you in the moment. What's the first step? What's the next step that God would have you and I take in our journey in reference to being free before him and understanding who he is and hearing what he has to say? Pastor Crystal, would you join me, please? I don't know what Father's Day means to you. I just know what it means to me. I really appreciate Christy's text this morning and and Megan's text the other day and Kaylee's words this afternoon. I, I really do. But for me, it takes me back to a moment of going, Daddy, can I start again? Could we press the reset button? Could you help me become sensitized to the things you want me to be sensitized to? Could you help me in my ear and my heart to become sensitized to your whisper and to your voice? That if you would ask me to turn left, I would. If you'd ask me to turn right, I would. If you'd ask me to stop and pause, I would. If you've asked me to wait in the moment, I, I would. Would you help me? Would you help us as men? as fathers, to get to a place because the kids are asking us to. Hey, Dad, would you lead by example? Hey, Dad, would you show me what it means to put God first? Hey, Dad, would you show me what it means to love on mom first and foremost above us? Hey, Dad, would you show me what it means to prioritize allowing Jesus to have a piece of your life on a regular basis rather than all the other good stuff? I'm not saying the other stuff's bad. I'm just saying, what does it look like in this season? I'm going to ask Pastor to pray over us. Pray over us, men, whether you want to or not. I'm just going to ask her to do it. 
that in this season, whatever needs to break free would break free so that we could hear him attentively so that I could be everything he's called me to be. And in fact, pastor, I'd ask you to pray for me because I just always see the black dots. Everybody tells me to see the shirt, but I don't. I beat the crud out of myself over all the black dots that I find. And that's not what dad wants for us. Yes, we make mistakes, all of us. But he doesn't want us to go around highlighting the mistakes. He wants to go around laying the mistakes down and asking him, Daddy, would you allow your mercies to be new again today in my life, in my situation? Because if we don't let go of the past, we get trapped there. And I'm even, I, I should mean like yesterday. I don't mean 25 years ago. I mean yesterday's past. Or maybe for some of us, this morning's past on the way to church in the car or even this afternoon's path on the way to church in the car that we see the black dots just rising to the surface and they become stuck all over our lens and we start to see dirty instead of seeing clean the way Jesus has called us to be. So pastor, would you pray for us? Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and close this in prayer and then I know we've got a couple prayer teams